Welcome back to Next Scene Podcast, the podcast taking on pop culture one scene at a time. As always, I'm your host, Sean German. Uh, unfortunately, my co-host, Brian, will not be able to join us today. But in his place, it's a um, it's a Christmas miracle. We have joining us a very special guest. It's Niall McGowan. Thank you, Niall. Welcome. Hello, listeners. I'm listening. Oh, that doesn't sound, it sounds weird. Hello. <laughs> it should have been hello, Seattle, but I'm assuming people outside of Seattle will be listening to this as well. Yes. Hello, Seattle and and other cities and mm. towns and villages, hamlets. I'm surprised that never came Hello. up on the show at any point. Frazier saying, hello, listeners, I'm listening. Because <laughs> it seems like, oh, yeah, it would be an instant <laughs> thing you trip over. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe they like they figured it out. Like, yeah, that doesn't really work. So don't say that ever. Yeah, yeah. Hello, listeners. I'm learning. Seattle. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. I'm, no, no, no. Um, and so, listeners, as you may have guessed, um, I've asked you here to join us to talk about uh, season six, episode ten of the series Frasier, and the title is "Merry Christmas, Mrs. Mosco- Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz." Yeah. Um, and although it alludes to Christmas very right there in the title of the episode, we do get some allusions to Hanukkah. And this um, this is another episode that showed up on my web searching of, you know, lists of great and loved Hanukkah television episodes. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see if there's if there's any is there any Hanukkah spirit in, see, I, um, uh, in yeah, this as soon as you set that up, I'll be like, I, I wouldn't count this as a Hanukkah episode. <laughs> like, it's got All a right. lot of Jewish stuff going on in it, but none of it's in celebration of Hanukkah is the thing. Okay, so. well, we'll t- save that, save that. We'll get, we'll get into, uh, we can get to that question later. Yeah. Um, but before we go that far, first I want to know is, what is your uh, your history with uh, Frasier in general and your history with this specific episode? Is this something you've seen before? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, people, anyone who knows me knows that like <laughs> Frasier is one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, it used to be part of when because I, I grew up in the nineties, uh, and so this, this show started in ninety three, I think. Mm-hmm. And so it was um, part of the Channel Four Friday Night lineup for like most of the decade. Uh, and so what would happen is like my brother, who was like ten years older than me, he would go out on a Friday night because he was a teenager and he was going out with his friends and stuff. They'd get me to tape everything that was like worthwhile. So I'd have to sit in Friday nights. It was my job to like record friends. And then like an hour later, record, you know, friends was on at nine and then a 10 Frasier would be on and then like Beavis and Butthead or something that would be on later. So I had to stay up until and make sure I hit the record button for them and stuff. And then all the, the faff in between <laughs> was left out. Like, <laughs> uh, and uh, I think it was like, I don't think the nanny was recorded as well, but there was something like you know, like the the, the Billy Crystal show or something, which is like that. Just we don't need that. We don't need that. <laughs> There's some just some filler in between. Yeah, and then and, then, and just it's always stuck with me. It's just like when I went off to university and like you know was living with other people. We you know get in cable TV or whatever, and on the comedy stations, Frasier was always on, and so I just watch it all because it's like oh no, I, I love the show, and then. Would just watch it uh, like ad nauseum, and uh, then I just had friends who are the same thing. It's still on Channel Four every morning. It's uh, like three episodes of Frasier. Like no, I, I don't, I don't watch terrestrial TV anymore because it's the age of streaming, and I just like oh, I don't, I'm not paying for that. Like I, I'm paying for streaming services, so why would I watch terrestrial TV? But anytime I'm back at my dad's house, uh, well, I can't help but note that every morning <laughs> Frasier is still on Channel Four. 
Uh, because that you're just gonna dip in and out all the time. It's 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 fantastic. And um this yeah, I do distinctly remember this episode from when I was a kid. So I guess it would have been like eleven or twelve or something when this one came out because it's like ninety ninety eight or ninety nine this, this one airs. And yeah, so this aired December seventeenth, nineteen ninety eight here in the States. And uh, you know, I don't know how long it takes to make it over. Yeah. Uh, I'm you know, probably about a couple of months, yeah. But um but yeah, but I, I, then, I, yeah. So I would have been I would have been old enough to kind of get like I, I distinctly remember like breaking up when Niles comes in dressed as Jesus and stuff. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, I just I distinctly remember certain jokes been like, oh I yeah this is fantastic I, I complete because you know when you're when you're a little kid a lot of Frasier will go right over your head. I was just sort of like enjoying the acting because they they act in such a overly theatrical way most of the time. So you can still kind of get the jokes even if you don't understand them. But as you grow older and that's the thing like you know. If, you go if you grow up with the show, you come and revisit it time and time again. You start to realize like how layered and sophisticated the writing is and stuff, and it just sort of grows with you in terms of like, oh yeah, this is a really, it's you know, it's a magnificent show just in terms of um, everything about it. It's, like literally, it's it's it is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, and it's just every, particularly the first like seven or eight seasons, is like the scripts sparkle so so much. Um, <laughs> Of course, like like every great show, there is a fall off yes. point. But like, um, yeah, yeah. And this this is like this episode comes like two weeks or something. It's like two episodes away from the seal who came to dinner. Which, if people don't know that, that's like one of the greatest episodes of any TV show ever. Is it's just a classic. Frazier and Niles decide to have a party <laughs> and go <laughs> like that. It's one of those setups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's just one of those things like yeah that episode is like literally every line is a masterpiece kind of thing so and then this episode too is like there's, there's i was a bit trepidatious about some of it because of like uh, should they be playing in this pool a lot of the time like things could potentially rub people the wrong way but we'll talk mm-hmm. to why i think it gets away with it but um it's uh still so it's cause this this episode in particular is also doing the other classic frazier thing of there's been a misunderstanding and now they have to maintain a lie. And like that's every every couple of episodes each season, they'll either be Fraser and Niles decide to do something together. And then that causes a whole big rift and you know, absolute <laughs> insanity. Or it's just like, Oh, uh, yeah, this guy thinks I'm gay, so just pretend I'm gay for like two minutes, it'll be fine. And then all of a sudden that's the whole episode is them trying to hide a thing and stuff and just scrolling yes. from this way to that way, or this person's in love with me, but I'm I'm in love with this other person, and then twenty minutes of just dodging around with that material. So uh, Yeah, so yeah, it, it, it does operate on several different levels where there's sort of the broad almost, you know, like like three company, you know, threes company esque slapstick broad you know the misunderstanding um but then there are the the, the subtle lines in the writing as particularly niles got some great um lines in this that that can fly by pretty quickly and then you've got you know kind of sets up almost like a classical comedy of of manners type thing and then you've get the um you know one person walks out the door you know kind of leaves stage right and then someone else comes in left at you know the exact moment <laughs> whereas you know if they had seen each other Everything would have blown up, but it just kind of keeps the tension rolling as people yeah, come in and yeah. out of, of scene. Um, mm. I, think, I don't think you get it. Maybe because I'm not watching enough um, like, you know, sitcom comedies anymore. I feel you don't get this kind of stuff anymore. I remember there was a recent episode of What We Do in the Shadows where they were trying to get like the young like baby Colin Robinson into a good school or something. 
And then that that began a whole thing of like, oh, let's pretend that we're together. And then it began a whole thing of like trying to keep various lies going and stuff. I remember being so refreshed when I watched it. I was like, oh, that was like an episode of Frasier. It was just so scrambling around and trying to hide the farce, basically. Uh, I, right. like, I, I don't think we get that enough anymore. Of just someone like, yeah, I told somebody a thing. And it's all going to be on in within this one room. And it's going to be people going in and out. It's basically a stage play of just like trying to maintain. And then this is the thing keeps getting layered and layered and layered in terms of how many levels of deception are going on and stuff. And, right, right. Yeah, yeah and, and I'm, I'm noticing that just going through and watching these, you know, watching sitcoms and, and um, you know, kind of summarizing and, and writing up the ac- action for the podcast um, and say just note like a, 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 an episode coming up, we'll be talking about um, an episode of Friends and there's something like 15 different scenes Ooh. as they flash back between different locations and everything. And this is once you take out commercials and um, and credits and everything, we're, we're talking about basically like 21 minutes yeah. and they've got 15 different scenes in 21 minutes. And this has got basically five, like the whole second act is one long scene. And I guess there's a little bit, they cut back and forth between the living room and the kitchen mm. in Frazier's apartment, but it's basically, um, let's see, <laughs> like, like eight minutes, eight, nine, no, um, 13. There's basically like 13 minutes of this episode, like more than half the episode is just one room, one scene yeah. ongoing. Yeah. You have that um, the 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 classic magic uh, Fraser kitchen where people can go in and have in secretive conversations <laughs> that everyone would be able to hear, but somehow, yeah. even though it's just a wide open door and they're just standing like five feet <laughs> people, nobody nobody's overhearing everything. No one. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a pocket universe, and like says, yeah, no one in the living room has any idea what's going on in that kitchen, <laughs> except when they need to, except when like smells need to carry out and and so forth. Um, uh, but yeah, so let's let's um. Let's get into this action. Um, speaking of, of Frasier, so uh, the episode opens on Frasier and Roz are uh, shopping. So they're in a department store. Um, and Frasier mentions that he has ordered, that he's taken uh, you know, control of decorating for Christmas this year. And he's ordered a fully decorated Christmas tree to be delivered Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. Well, should also should also mention, too, because like, they had the opening, uh, yeah. the, the opening title. You got mm-hmm. Frasier, and then they changed it to the, the Seattle Sky Needle as a Christmas tree. Um, which yes. I thought was kind of an odd one, because I thought with the, with the theme of this one, they might have turned it into like a menorah or something. Like, because <laughs> I, think, I think they've done the Christmas tree one in previous seasons, so I kind of thought like, mm-hmm. well, they would have mixed it up a little bit. But uh, Yeah, that would yeah, could just even just make it a single candle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Would have been. Uh, something but yeah I, th- I thought this this was shocking to me though like getting a, a, a christmas tree delivered christmas eve was like people usually have them up like mid-december or, or thereabouts like christmas eve is like unless fraser's very much the type of he'll pay through the nose for it he'll pay like you yeah. know, thousands of dollars for these decorations but they'll go up and then buy like i'm sure he'll keep like traditional 12 days and then then it's over get them back down again it's over yeah, because yeah, I, I, like at, at that point, it's like decorating for Halloween on October 30th. It's like, well, as soon as Halloween's over, then it's time to take those down. Like, you're really doing this for one day, whereas, yeah, most people will do it early. And, you know, some people, I think in, in the U.S. where, um, you know, we've got Thanksgiving, which is, uh, you know, strictly a, a holiday in the United States. But that's the, was it, the, the fourth Thursday, November 
And then like that weekend, either the Friday or Saturday after is, you know, a, a traditional time when a lot of people go out and then you have your tree up for a whole month. You can enjoy it. But it seems like, yeah, to uh, to get a tree the day before it's going to be up for one day and then you know, then it's over. Mm-hmm. It does seem silly. Although I'm a big Halloween fan, so I was, I was happy to see you. I was out earlier today and still seeing pumpkins out in people's doorsteps. I'm like, Ezra, keep the spirit alive. Keep it alive all year long. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it doesn't have to be just one day. You can you can have that, that spooky spirit all year round. Um, but yeah, not Fraser. No, he, uh, yeah, he's, he's and, and not the, the, the joy of decorating. You know, decorating a tree, I mean, maybe that's more of a, when you have children that enjoy that but that's you know part of that's half the fun right there yeah um but nope, there, there was not... a little a little leap of joy in my heart though because uh like i've seen these this episode a bunch of times so like you know i don't have like an encyclopedic memory of it or anything uh, and so like okay christmas episode maybe get ready for some freddy action like fraser's son and then when they mentioned like oh frederick's not coming this year it's like oh oh thank god <laughs> oh, i hate that kid so much <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so as you mentioned, Freddie is off spending Christmas with, with Lilith, um, and uh, and Fraser has spent some time. He spent twenty minutes looking for, as Ra says, that candle holder thing, mm. um, which is a uh, shopping for a Hanukkah menorah because Frederick is half Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which is the, odd. And this, uh, so we should mention the uh, one of the great first lines of. Uh, Lilith is taking him on a tour of ancient ruins, so oh, yeah. ancient Egyptian <laughs> ruins. Like, oh, I can't imagine having to spend uh, you know, Christmas with a load of old bones. <laughs> like, oh, and yeah. as, I, as I said, she's taking him to the uh, the ancient ruins. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a, a good line. And that's I thought the um, I th- I thought it was odd that he would be shopping for a menorah. Unless he's like taking care, you know, taking advantage of like the after Hanukkah sales. So, um, as we've discussed in previous episodes, uh, the the Jewish calendar is a lunar calendar, so the the, the dates of holidays will move around um, relative to the Gregorian, you know, the traditional solar calendar that, that most of us use. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in 1998, Hanukkah started on December 13th, um, and so. Uh, I guess I mean they don't tell us exactly when this is, but I don't think they tell us. But I'm I'm, I'm getting the impression that this is later, that this is closer to Christmas. Maybe, like imagine, Hanukkah is well over by this point. I think during the main guts of the episode, where they're in this, uh, the his apartment, they mention it's Christmas Eve. So yeah, they do say that. The, yeah, the later scene when Helen and Faye yeah stop by the apartment, they're flying out on Christmas Eve, mm. and so I guess you know, there have to be at least some time yeah. for. You could um, estimate maybe December twenty third because it might be like oh yeah literally the next day or something. But uh, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah it's it's it is maybe Fraser is just terrible at planning all these stuff because it feels like uh, Freddie's going to be way off on on tour with Lilith. How's he going to get this menorah to him? Like it's yeah, it feels like really like oh he's going to give it to him after he gets back when Hanukkah's over. Like it seems very poor. But then if you watch uh, previous uh, Christmas episodes. You uh, you do learn that Fraser is terrible at buying presents for his kids. So <laughs> he says there was a whole episode where like he tries to buy him a whole science kit and stuff, and Martin ends up buying him. It's called like the 
Afro laser robo geek or something. It's like, so all the kids want it for age. And then it turns out that's exactly what Frederick wants the whole time. Yeah. Well, we, and we, we see an example of that here where he tries to buy a gift for Roz and it's just, you know, she picks up a sweater and looks at it and then she goes off to shop at another part of the store. And then he's instantly turning to the clerk saying, you know, can can you get me this sweater? Yeah. Um, And then later we find out she didn't like that sweater at all, or at least she didn't, not that color. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe it might be a thing in Seattle, uh, or maybe just in America in general, but I imagine if, like, if I said to a store clerk, oh, yeah, that woman I was just in, uh, you know, could you, and I think they would be like, I wasn't paying attention to what you were doing. Like, yeah. who, who are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just folding the clothes, man. Like, I, I'm not paid to nosy in in your conversations. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, this is definitely something that comes that, that exists only in sitcoms. Um, yeah, your your real life clerk. Um, yeah, don't I don't need your life story. I don't know who you're with. I don't know what you're going to do with this sweater. I just want to know that you're going to pay for it. Yeah, that's yeah. really my only concern. <laughs> totally. um, so yeah, so so Roz wanders off. Uh, Fraser is trying to surreptitiously buy her a sweater. Um, I guess he asked for a different size. Um, when the clerk returns, uh, Roz has also returned. Mm. And so, um, you know, Fraser has to play dumb. We're starting with the, you know, the, the, the comedy of manners already yeah. with the secrets. And, you know, Fraser's got to complain, you know, uh, insist he knows nothing of this sweater. Yeah, he's, um, he is the unluckiest liar who's ever lived. For, like, anytime he tries to do anything, like, any slight untruth always instantly backfires on him somehow. Even if it's, even if it's for the forces of good. It still manages to come yeah. and bite him in the ass. Right. <laughs> Which makes me wonder of of how good of a psychiatrist is <laughs> is this doctor, this so-called doctor, Fraser Crane. I mean, that's, that's always one of the main problems of the show is the fact, like, I think, to be fair, Niles does bring it up to him many times of, like, pop psychology. So pe- people ring in to Fraser's show, and he basically gives them generic platitudes and then refers them to another psychiatrist a lot of the time. And all of his advice is very basic. And you're kind of like, do you really need a Harvard and Oxford educated like psychiatrist to roll out this event? <laughs> you know, it's... And then the later seasons, he does go back into private practice and stuff. And, it, you know, Miles, I, th- I think, quite rightfully points out, like, well, you know, the, the advice you're giving out isn't anything <laughs> all that special. <laughs> like, you're just... You're not getting, you're not a psychiatrist really in that regard. You're just sort of giving out like, well, I guess it could be this or it could be that kind of thing, you know? That's... Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that that's realistic in, in the sense that, um, yeah, my, my impression of any, any doctor, um, you know, psychiatric, medical or otherwise, that has a television show or radio show, at that point, they're, they're more media personality than, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, than physician that's helping people. It's, it's, you know, culture and entertainment at that point. It's yeah. not medicine. It seems, yeah, because everything he seems to do seems to last about three minutes, maybe, on air. <laughs> Whereas you think, like, maybe, uh, maybe if you were supposed to listen yeah. to the actual show, you would have, like, an entire hour with someone really grilling them on their problems, which might be a more of an excuse. Like, okay, well, at least you're kind of getting more into it there. But, you know, the therapy takes years with people. So Years? Yeah, it's uh, the whole... But then, you know, a lot of Frazier just being basically nothing but a media personality and very, very up his own ass about it is a lot of the charm of the show as well. So that's, you know, they probably thought it through and were like, that's the whole point. That's the bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah so then uh, this strange woman intersects and kind of saves Frazier, pretends that the, 
Um, the shirt is or the sweater is for her niece and uh, asked Russ for her opinion. Um, you know, says, oh, my niece is about your your height. You know, is, is this the right size for you? And, and what do you think of this color? And of course, um, you know, Frazier has it all wrong. Roz is like, nope, this is not the right size. And uh, yeah, that, that color is ghastly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, picking up someone who can do lying a lot better than Frazier, apparently, as well. So yeah. It was off without a hitch. Yeah. And then uh, conveniently, Roz leaves again. So then Frazier can, uh, you know, thank the woman for saving him and complete his purchase of, um, of the sweater that I'm sure Roz is going to recognize mm. when she receives the gift and opens it up and yeah. we'll, f- we'll figure out this ruse uh, <laughs> um, pretty quickly. There's, of course, a great line about um, Roz goes in and complains about the line and people are like, is everyone lined up for nose hair clippers or something? Nose hair clippers. And then I think that Frazier sends her back in with a kind of like, oh, go get some for Noel. Um, uh, I, I know we can bet that he doesn't have any or <laughs> something. Some a little slight <laughs> indication that like, oh, this guy clearly has a nose hair problem. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. yeah. Someone should just tell him. But I guess you know, uh, yeah. Nose hair clipper as a gift is sort of a, a less confrontational <laughs> a way. Of, uh, it's a hint. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I really love about Frazier as well, though. Is that he's him and Roz, both that and the Lilith burn he did earlier. They both laugh at it. Like it's a it's a show that the characters know how clever and how funny they are, and they'll stop and laugh yeah. at their own jokes and stuff a lot of the time. So. Um. Yeah, just like just like humans, that you know, TV <laughs> characters, they're just like us. Hollywood celebrities, what do they know? Um, do they know stuff? <laughs> I don't know. Let's let's find out. Um, so it turns out, so um, so the woman who we found out, uh, her name is uh, Helen. Um, so she helps out Fraser buying this gift, the sweater for Roz. And in return, there is something that he can help her with, and that is um, getting a date for her daughter. Mm, with a handsome, rich doctor. <laughs> a handsome, rich doctor. Well, he's he's at least one of those things. Mm, mm. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, so supposedly, I guess, you know, we can suppose he's, um, if not outright rich, at least well off. I mean, he's got that... That radio money. He does seem to be very, very wealthy. That's another one of the weird things with Frazier. Like, how is he hurting so much? He seems to be like a millionaire. Since some, some episodes he's spending so much on like random knickknacks and stuff. They're like, are you really getting all this on just like a radio psychiatrist salary? Like, is, like, is Bulldog Briscoe earning the same amount of money? Because he doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> seem like he is. <laughs> Yeah, is is yeah is local radio? I don't know. Is he is he syndicated? Maybe he's making money, you know, around the country well, while he talks to Seattle. They always but, do every so often, though. For, you know, clearly for the purposes of like making the joke, they kind of will always allude to the fact that like maybe Frazier's ratings are in the toilet, or you know, he really needs yeah. to have the show or something. <laughs> so it kind of feels like the show is like on its last legs, and they, every time they talk about it, like, well, Doc, I gotta talk to you about the this, that, or the other. It's like. And it's, it's, you know, I think it's syndication and things like that are kind of one of his ultimate goals. But I don't know. If, I don't know if he ever gets there in the, within the show's lifespan. I would hope not, because it's it's much funnier if he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's there's 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 no comedy in in you know people being happy and achieving their goals. Mm. That's no good. Mm-hmm. We want we want miserable, <laughs> awful people to laugh at. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and speaking of uh, miserable, awful people, we, uh, we cut to the next scene with Niles, uh, <laughs> Fraser's brother. And they're, uh, they're in a bar and they're awaiting the arrival of Helen's daughter, mm. who, um, 
who Helen has set up on a date with Frazier. Well, not, not, not a bar, Cafe Nervosa, I believe. I mean, oh, sorry, yeah. Cafe. Yeah, yeah. classic uh, <laughs> Frazier. Um, I always remember distinctly because me, my, my, me and my friend Anthony, like, both are, he's really, he's more into Frazier than I am. And they opened in Derry, like, down the, you know, a couple of miles down from my hometown, a place called Cafe Nervosa. And we we're like, holy crap, we've got to go there. We've got to see what it's like. <laughs> Uh, it was yeah. horrifically disappointing because we were going in expecting it to be like pretentious ass coffee place and it was serving like bowls of stew and stuff. It's like, there's no way Fraser Crane would go into a, a day, go on, on a daily basis to order his coffee in a place that serves stew. It just would not happen whatsoever. Was was it a Fraser themed cafe or was it just a coincidence on the name? Is that I think they just took it for name recognition and then made no effort to try to replicate the vibe of Cafe Nervosa inside. Like, <laughs> Nervosa. The thing like you okay. go into like the central perks and stuff around the place. You go and it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the chairs. It's the whole setup of Friends. Like that's it's recreating that that place. But this was just going in, but like it's just called Cafe Nervosa. It's a sucker and idiots like me <laughs> who are like, oh, yeah. I guess it'll be like the place of yeah. Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be like, exactly like that defunct sitcom that got you know that, that ended fifteen years ago. <laughs> Yeah, they really got their their finger on the pulse of pop culture there. (laughs) Um, So so back to the real Cafe Nervosa. Um, So yeah, so uh, Faye Moskowitz, daughter of Helen, shows up, which which seems backwards. Like Faye is such an old name, Hmm. um, which I realize like these are not, you know, children. These are not spring chickens we're talking about here. But even then, like, do you know anyone under 80 named Faye? Uh, I I know a lot of people who refer to themselves as fake. I know it's a big thing within, like, even I think it's like F-A-E, Faye, is like a fairy of some sort. Right, yeah. I know people who are into, um, you know, role play and that kind of thing. Like, not not in a sexy way, but like, uh, what do you call it? Like, you know, they go out and dress up in kind of medieval garb and stuff like that. Like LARP, live-action role-playing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I know people who, like, th- that's their whole shtick. Okay. And so they refer yeah. to themselves as being Faye. But, uh, but then that's not their name. That's, They're always saying that I, yeah, that, I am a. It should be saying I. Like, well, I guess the correct grammar term for it would be is no, I am Faye, much as like I am Jewish rather than I am a Jewish wouldn't wouldn't make any sense, you know that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I am Faye. Yeah. No, so this is F A Y E Faye, mm. which is a, yeah a little different than the fairy Faye. F A E, I think that is. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I also I actually have an aunt Faye. Oh. Um, who is, but like a great aunt, like my, my, my grandmother's sister. So this is, she's uh, probably in her 90s um, at this point. Yeah. Mm. Um, certainly a little bit older than, than Amy Brennan here. Yeah. Uh, Brenneman, who is, who is playing Faye Moskowitz. Mm. Um, I did have to double check because the fact that her mother is settling up with a, a rich, you know, a rich, a rich, handsome doctor. And I was going to look at Kelsey Grammer. It's like, oh, guy, he must be like near near 50 and amy brenneman i was like is she not like maybe like 30 odd in this so it's kind of like it's a bit weird that her mom's setting her up with a guy who might who could be potentially so much older uh i don't know maybe that might yeah. be a thing. It's like well he's, he's he's got a good secure job though like I don't, what, what what matters the age they're both adults uh yeah was, he can provide um but, uh, but look yeah so kelsey grammar is uh just to jump in real quick kelsey grammar is 11 years older mm-hmm. or uh, like 10 and a half years older mm-hmm. than 
um, Amy Brennan. Brennan. Um, so eh, at that point, like she's, uh, you know, she's late thirties or mid thirties. He's fifty yeah. or late forties at this point. Yeah, that's always the thing with you know most sitcoms. I think, but like every. You know, every girlfriend Jerry Seinfeld ever had in that show was probably about 10, 10 12 years younger than him <laughs> yeah. as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. By, by showbiz standards, that's um, that's good yeah. that they're only, you know, 10 or 11 years apart. Mm-hmm. So why not? Uh, right. But he is a, I guess, handsome doctor. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I mentioned it several times throughout the show. I'm like, oh, I mean, maybe some people. That's <laughs> Um, I will mention, uh, uh, so Kelsey Grammer was not the writer on this episode, but he uh, is, was the director. So he directed this episode yeah, himself. So I, I don't know if as director, if he got to, um, you know, play with the script and maybe add some of those lines <laughs> about the, the handsome Fraser Crane. I think maybe at this point, like six seasons in, they're like, well, yeah, just, just put it in for him. <laughs> keep him happy. <laughs> But this is this is great though, considering this is like the height of the show, and like this is a great episode. So kudos to Kelsey Grammer for for directing this. Like, uh, I guess he's he's been there literally every day of the show being made, so he probably knows exactly what to do and whatnot. But like, he does a you know admirable work in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not bad. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. Well, those um, stories. So I'm this... not too sure if it was in oh. this season. I know he had like massive alcohol problems though. And there was there was people. I remember seeing interviews with the cast saying like, "Yeah, he would be." There's times he would come in, and he would be like stinking drunk on set, uh, and he'd be like collapse on the sofa or whatever. And they just like we just have to get on with the show. So, the, but the, as soon as they would call action, he'd stand up, deliver the Fraser dialogue perfectly, just like as if it was nothing to him. And then as soon as they you know they call it cut, he'd collapse on the sofa again. Yeah, you know, and this be back to being a drunken wreck. So uh, I don't know if it was around this time. If he's directing episodes, I can't imagine that would be the case. Um, but you know, again, it's a guy who played. He played that character so well for so long. He's like, uh, even when I, in reality, I'm off my face, I can snap into playing Frasier like it's nothing. Right. He knows that character. Um, yeah, because at this point, you're you're six seasons in, and I now I kind of wonder how much. You know how much directing does it take? Does you know is the show basically running itself at this point? Yeah, um, and but then and then that because like, he's played he played Frazier in like what eight seasons of Cheers or something as well. Like he was in yeah, that show yeah. for a long, long time too. So yeah, even before. So yeah, so he he knows this character well. Apparently, he can do it uh, uh, in his sleep or uh, drunken stupor, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess as long as you can get the work done. Yeah. But so, uh, yeah, so this scene in the cafe serves as a bridge. So it sets up two things. One, it introduces us to uh, to Faye Moskowitz, who we'll be seeing more of later, and also sets up sort of the um, the B-plot with uh, Niles and Daphne. Mm. Um, and so Daphne needs some help with her Christmas pageant. Um, her musical director has dropped out, and Niles enthusiastically volunteers to help. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's cl- classic. Uh, there's so many instances in this in this issue of, yeah. or this uh, episode have just been like classic Frasier scenario of just Niles loves Daphne mm-hmm. and is really awkward about it. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So when she yeah. she's looking o- o- over at Frasier flirting with, um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, hey. I keep wanting to call her judging Amy, <laughs> but uh, Amy, <laughs> Amy, 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 Am
Uh, but she's doing the whole thing like, oh, you can always tell young, you know, new love when they're like this and that. And like Niles is doing all the exact things next to next to her as he's looking at her. And then at one point she's like, oh, yeah. stop fidgeting. And he's kind of corrects himself because he's been fidgeting. <laughs> Well, and at that point, yeah, she's like, oh, that, you know, can tell the, the awkward body language. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't know what to do with his hands. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, she's talking about Frasier, but we see, uh, you know, Niles. When she says stop fidgeting, I, is she talking to Frasier or is she talking to Niles? Oh, no, I think she's, she's like kind of hissing at Frasier. Like, he won't hear her. Yeah. She's frustrating. Like, oh, stop right, fidgeting because right. you're, you're going to put her off. But it's just that Niles thinks, because he is very clearly fidgeting, that, like, that she's talking to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is very much physical. So that's, yeah, that's funny. Mm. Uh, should mention, though, like briefly, Amy Brennerman. Uh, she would have been like, Frazier always got in pretty big guest stars. So she would have been like a couple of years mm-hmm. off Heat at this point. Like, you know, Heat, big Michael Mann classic movie. She was like Robert De Niro's love interest in that movie. Uh, so it was a big, big old role. And um, she was like Hollywood actor. I don't know if this was around the time of judging Amy being on as well. So it's, it's not a bad. Yeah, so... Uh... Yeah, so Judging Amy would start the, the following year in 99, oh. um, and, and she would play the titular Amy. So she is, you know, uh, she's, I guess she's pretty big, and yeah, it's about to get much bigger with her own show. But yeah, she had done uh, a fair number of, um, yeah, movies. I mean, she was in Casper um, in 95 with uh, Christina Ricci, then Heat, um, Fear in 96. So um, she had had some, yeah, some pretty sizable um, theatrical film roles yeah, before yeah. Uh, breaking into TV here. Hmm. She actually had one of the uh, well, new Frasier love interests last multiple episodes as well, actually. See, she does appear after this one uh, up, up until the end of the season. I think then there is a, there's, there's an episode where Frasier can't choose between her and Virginia Madsen. He's, got, he's, he's trying to juggle two women at the same time. And wouldn't you know it, Sean? <laughs> Frazier's not very good at juggling women. <laughs> He's terrible. I think everything. I saw this episode of Brady Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course, there's classic scenarios of like, oh, he's got her over for, you know, she slept over and they're having breakfast in his robe yeah. the next morning. But then his other girlfriend comes to the door. What's he going to do? Uh, yeah. The merry mix-ups that occur. Oh, uh, exactly. Yeah. Great. That's all brilliant. So. Yeah, yeah, but so yeah, Amy does come back, which is kind of makes sense. It, it, it would, uh, or not make sense, but uh, makes me feel better about all the effort they go into lying to to Helen here. Um, it'd be like, yeah, to to you know make all that fuss over one night stand or, or you know something that didn't become a regular dating thing. Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, should point out too because yeah. uh, they do they do hit it off so uh, distinctly because uh, you know she, she she has a lot in common with Frazier, including she's the pastry chef. At uh, Le Cigar Volant, which is, uh, again, if you watch Frasier, Le Cigar Volant is like his hangout. Like, it's beyond Cafe Nervosa, if he's ever going out to dinner. It's always cigar, Le Cigar Volant that he mentions. But, uh, apparently, it's, it's, it, I was always assumed it was like some sort of pretentious French thing that didn't mean anything. But apparently, it's, it means the flying cigar, and it's actually a reference to UFOs. Um, even like in, in, in French, like because okay. they always, you know, hear reports of UFOs have been like, oh, a cigar-shaped object. So they're like, oh yeah, le cigar, le cigar volant, the flying, the flying cigar. It's like <laughs> the flying cigar. It seems so weird for Frazier. It's like uh, you would oh. go to a place named after a UFO, but I guess if oh, if you pretentious it up and give it a French name, of course he would. Yeah, yeah. You you put it in French and yeah, mm-hmm. it works out well. Um, 
So then we cut to uh, cutting to our third scene of this opening act. We are now in, you know, go back to the apartment, Shay, Shay Frazier or Shay Crane. Um, And we find out Faye is stopping by. She's on. uh, So Faye and Helen, I think they're, is it Miami? They're, They're going to Florida for Christmas and it's Christmas Eve, but they're going to stop by. Um, they're going to stop by on their way to the airport because um, mm. they just can't get enough of Frasier. <laughs> they're trying to get in some <laughs> frequent Frasier miles. <laughs> yeah, frequent Frasier miles. Uh, of course, we should, uh, in the previous scene, too, it did end on the great joke of because uh, it was a blind date they were set up on. And Frasier then says to Niles, like, oh, yeah, could you give me a couple of minutes and then give me a phone call? Basically, is an escape route. Yes. Uh, the escape call. Yeah. yeah. And then Frazier gets that call and he goes like, oh, I'll sign those papers later. And and sorry, judging Amy, judging Faye <laughs> says instantaneously, <laughs> that was an escape call, wasn't it? And he's like, oh, no. And then she, or he's like, yes, how did you know? And she gets a phone call as well. So it's one of those nice, like, didn't have to hit the, the thing too hard. It's like, you you understand what happened, what, what's going on here. Yes. Yeah. We see. Um so yeah, so uh, so Frazier and Isles there, uh, Daphne pops in, and then Martin comes in. Um, where's you know where's a good place for Rudolph? So kind of kicking off that um, uh, that conflict mm. between Martin and Frazier. You know, Martin wants to do his traditional uh, you know Christmas decorating, and Frazier um, is is strangely insistent because. I don't think this apartment is particularly decorated in a way that screams like someone did all this on purpose <laughs> and someone else changing things around. It's like, yeah, I mean, I guess there's there's some, uh, you know, there's some pottery, there's some ceramic, there's work of arts, mm. you know, some wor- works of art on various surfaces. But as a whole, um, there's all just it's very beige. Mm. It's a lot of light wood um, and tans and grays. Yeah. It could so, be, though, Sean, if he didn't yeah. have his father's goddamn chair in the center of it, throwing everything <laughs> off. If he had a proper chair he wanted in there, you'd see how it ties uh, together. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure it's the chair throwing everything off. <laughs> it's not just the set designers of a network TV in the 90s. But like, I don't know. Like, what fancy apartment. This looks fancy, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's an apartment. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's lovely. Um, so uh, Faye arrives and enters. Um, and, um, you know, fortunately, they set it up where, where Faye, you know, comes in just a few moments before Helen so she can spot the Christmas wreath. <laughs> and, you know, kind of, wait, wait, aren't you Jewish? And, um, I mean, this wreath is barely, and I think I'm being generous by giving it barely Christmas, unless you consider all wreaths yeah. to be Christmas, because it's, I mean, it's green and it's got, like, silver ribbon or silver streamer, mm. but it, you know, it it's very it, easily, know, to me, it doesn't scream Christmas. Yeah, very easily could have just been passed off as like, this, no, this is a normal, this is, I have this out all year round. <laughs> this is just general decoration, yeah. like, it's not a it's, uh, yeah, there's, there is nothing particularly Christmassy about it. Like, maybe it had like, a little bit of like a red and gold ribbon at the bottom or something. You might, but like, yeah, it just seems like that could be any bit of any bit of shrubbery you just put up on your wall. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if there was like, you know, you know, particularly green and red or like the Christmas colors, if there was like red holly or something, you know, that, that yeah. would make it Christmassy. This is just, I like to have some green, you know, some reminder of the natural world in my otherwise mm. completely sterile living space. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. I was thinking and, though, you know, so though, because if, if 
you know, it's always the great what if if like Faye and her mother had arrived together and she had saw that wreath, it probably it would have just got everything over with very quickly, and she probably might have been just like, yeah. oh, well, that you know, the indication is that she would have been bothering um, Faye about it constantly. But at least then it would have been, yeah. been able to process it by themselves or whatever. Yeah, I know it's going to be on the flight and whatnot, but it would have got things over with instead of the farce that has to that has to occur afterwards. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and this is like, I mean, if I was questioning Fraser's credentials previously, this is, you know, he is way past the, the the needle of normal activity of like, yes, let's let's lie. You know, you're a full grown woman in your at least late 30s, maybe 40s. Let's lie to your mother and I will pretend I'm Jewish because that is a thing that normal, healthy people yeah, do. Yeah. Like, you're a fully qualified psychiatrist and you got to say to this woman, <laughs> well, you've clearly got some issues that you need to work through with your mother. And like, it's, um, yeah. And I kind of understand where Faye's coming from, where she's like, I think, you know, she recognizes, yes, I, you know, we shouldn't do this. I shouldn't lie to my mother. There's no reason we have to hide this. But, you know, yeah, we're about to jump on a plane where we're going to be stuck sitting next to each other for the next six, seven, eight hours. How many, you know, how long it takes to, to fly coast to coast. Mm. Um, and she just doesn't want to deal with it in the moment. So I kind of understand where she's coming from. But I also know that that's not that's still not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> There's still no reason that Frazier should go along with any of this mm. and just saying, uh, yeah, no, I'm not Jewish. And if it comes up, you know, let's, you know, I, I don't need to volunteer that information. Mm. But if your mother asks, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yes. Frazier's <laughs> been through six seasons of him trying to lie about things already. <laughs> you think he'd be like, yeah. I should know from my own personal <laughs> history. If I attempt to do yeah, this, you kind of figure out. this is going to go horribly, this, horribly wrong. All right. So, yeah. So we've got, you know, we, we've got Frazier and Niles. We've got Martin. Then we have um, uh, Faye, you know, Faye and Helen coming in. And then finally, uh, Eddie enters the room <laughs> with, you know, with a scent, you know, full decked out. He's got a hat. He's got a little coat. He's, you know, full Santa costume to throw everything out. And <laughs> And now it's on. Now we've got seven, you know, se- I think uh, my count was up to seven characters at this point. Um, and the various lies and deceptions yeah, that are going yeah. on. It's just the, the fantastic delivery of Frazier seeing Eddie, but Helen doesn't. And just the, Get out of that coat already. <laughs> oh, um. So, yeah, so I'll take that as kind of the end of Act One. And uh, so let's pull back a little bit. And I'll ask you, Niall, um, do you think, do you think, does this episode qualify as a, like a true Hanukkah special? Not at all. No. It's, it's, Not at all. No, it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. barely a Christmas episode, even. It's just like it happens to be said on Christmas Eve because that's more like the prompt, the comedy of like, well, how do you, you know, we need a, a scenario where Jewish people and Christian people doing very Christian things would be happening at the same time, you know, but it's barely beyond the, the the menorah at the beginning. There's scarcely a mention of Hanukkah throughout the episode. Like, there's no... Faye and their mother don't seem to be particularly in the middle of celebrating it. It could be literally any time of the year for them, you know, quite frankly. So right. I wouldn't say, like, it, it's not... Um, it'd be, it, you know, not to, not to go into controversial territory, but it's, you know, it's a Hanukkah special in as much as Die Hard is a Christmas movie in that, like, oh, it's set. Ooh. It's set at the same time, but, like, 
thematically, is there anything relating back to Hanukkah going on, either textually or subtextually? It's not, not particularly, no. Yeah, yeah, I would tend to agree. And I, I was kind of, um, I, yeah, not, I may be surprised this is the, the word, I guess maybe disappointed, like that this shows up on those, you know, those web lists of um, kind of, you know, favorite or, or best Hanukkah episodes. Because, yeah, like you said, it, it doesn't, well, the mention of Hanukkah is, yeah, strictly to uh, Fraser buying a, a menorah for his son. Yeah. And then and that's, that's only um, really there even, to set up yeah. the plot as well, because it's more like, well, that wasn't there. And the reason Helen assumes he's Jewish is because he was buying a menorah. So that's that's really the only yeah. from a screenwriting standpoint, that's only really there to be like, well, we need to set up a reason why she would assume the Fraser is Jewish. And there you go. That's right. the only it's a Hanukkah special in terms of like we set up this one thing as a cog to get to the next to the to spark off the rest of the episode, which is you know, it's 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 great, but it's not like a you know, particularly it's an episode you can watch during the festive season, but like you could also watch it in the height of summer as well. It doesn't really matter. Right. And, and like, like you said, even as a, a Christmas episode, um, you know, Christmas is just sort of the, the artifice or the MacGuffin that causes, you know, causes, uh, you know, the cranes to have all these signs of not being Jewish around the apartment that they then have to hide yeah. Yeah. from Faye. But it could just as easily be, um, you know, Easter, maybe, you know, maybe Faye sees, um, you know, sees Fraser buying a Seder plate for uh you know for uh uh you know frederick's uh passover seder yeah. and then assumes fraser's jewish and shows up and now he's got to hide you know he's got easter eggs yeah, and rabbits yeah. and everything all around the house yeah, that he now he has to hide 100%, so, yeah 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 i should ask though sean we're asking questions because like you're, you're, this is, you're not hosting a fraser podcast so like what's what's your history with fraser like you're, you're a bit older than me so like were you like hard hard hardcore Frasier in the 90s or was it more of a eh, you know whatever no I was yeah I was kind of done with Frasier by the time his own show came around I was um so I think around the time when you were growing up with Frasier I was growing up with Cheers Um, he's like I'm I'm sick of this guy but in the friggin weeds with Frasier Crane for like 10 (laughs) years already um I mean what years were was Cheers on um, so I'm a, a little bit older than you. I think is... Cheers is like 1980 onwards, I want to say. Like, it's really early 80s. Yeah. Um, I know when I was in, when I was in uh, university, uh, Cheers was big and kind of one of the, the re- yeah, 84 to 93. Oh, it's actually about much later than I thought. Um, then... I, th- I could have swore it was like the, the cusp of the 80s, like, you know, Cheers. But yeah, yeah. So. Um, but then, yeah, and then Frazier picks up like right afterwards, 93 to 2004. So, yeah. So when I was, uh, you know, kind of growing up, uh, yeah, I was big into Cheers. And then by the time I was in university, it was uh, kind of t- towards the end of the run. And at that point, it was in syndication. So um, it wasn't just the, the new episodes on once a week. It would be on, uh, you know, once or twice um, in the evening, yeah. uh, you know, kind of run, you know, the reruns, the older episodes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I was a big fan of Cheers and watched that. Um, so yeah, by the time the the Frasier show came along, I I watched. I was into like the first couple seasons. I think by the third or fourth season, and certainly by the time this episode came out, I was I was out of it. Um, I could kind of see the way it was going, particularly the the Niles and Daphne relationship. I'm like, yes, that's um, 
you know, it's it's funny when you don't get when the character doesn't get what they want. That's funny. Mm. Happiness is not funny. Fulfillment is not funny. Yeah. Like it may be good in real life, but it's not funny. Um, and I kind of I saw the way this is going that I'm like, OK, eventually Niles and Daphne are going to get together. That's going to have a happy ending. And while it's nice for the characters as the viewer, that doesn't it's not funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and also, I don't know if I appreciated um Kind of the, the sophistication mm. um, of the humor. Just you know, uh, watch you know, watching this episode now, going back, I'm like, yeah, I can. I, I had a few laughs, and I appreciate the lines a little bit more than I did in uh, you know, sort of my twenties or thirties. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I, I say like you know, because I, I did watch yeah. Cheers a lot when I was a kid too. Um, but I think it's it's such a different beast. Cheers is great in its own way, and it is very clever in its mm-hmm. own way as well. But like Frasier's so. I think it's I think it's a lot sharper. I think it's a lot. I think they're packing in a lot more jokes, and they just got. Uh, it has that air of like, it's mocking pretentiousness, but it's also written by p- very intelligent people who know what they're writing about and stuff. So like even like the the name of this episode, like Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz, is in reference to Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, like the movie from you know kind of a art house movie from the eighties with David Bowie and Tom Conti, which is about like. Bowie and Conti are prisoners of Japan, you know, prisoners of war of Japanese internment camp in World War II, and the whole film's about the clashing of cultures between the two of them. So it's a very, it's a layered reference in the title, and the, that kind of thing. Fraser would do that a lot. So it's like, oh yeah. So when you come back to it, and you, you know, the more you revisit it, you realize, oh yeah, they, they, these guys really, they were kind of Fraser educated people. Mocking their, you know, their own, their own pretentiousness. I guess. Yeah. Whereas Cheers has a real vibe. Of like it's just good. It's a good time for everybody. Like it's just, you know, it's it's good wholesome comedy. Where I think Frasier just always had that little bit more of a uh, an edge to to it for for me personally. But uh, yeah, that's uh, I just can't. I can't yeah, believe I mean, when I was sitting there with like wide eye, <laughs> taking in the, the great, was the greatest sitcom of all time. There was like. Sean over in America with his long, grungy hair, listening to Nirvana, going, that phrase is so lame, man. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's worth going back for a rewatch, because I, I, I agree with you. Like, there is a lot of, just going by this episode, and I don't really remember much from, from other episodes, you know, m- much specifics. But, um, yeah, I do see some of that intelligence and, and wit in the writing mm. that uh, I probably didn't recognize the, the first time around. Yeah. So, I would, I would highly recommend going through... I, th- I think I think you'll be pleasantly if if you're not if you come back and come like oh I was the watch yeah I watched all eleven or twelve seasons five hundred episodes of Frasier garbage I hated every second of it but I did it just to prove you wrong <laughs> but I did it just to prove you wrong it yeah. is true like, it's the um, common the common complaint is as you sort of alluded to there as soon as Niles and Daphne hook up it's over like and that is like, the show goes on after that for a while yeah. but it is a real. Like and for exactly the reasons you're talking about too, and it's basically too they changed Daphne's entire character because they have to have her in it more, and so she starts off as a real weirdo, and by those seasons she's just kind of written to be like a normal woman, and you're like, well, where's all the weird psychic stuff and all those the tales of her bizarre family and all that? They kind of just throw it out the window and make her very bland and stuff. And uh, oh well, yeah, yeah, that's neither that's that's not to do with this episode. <laughs> Yeah, that's another humor there. Um, so getting back to here, um, let's return for uh, scene four. Uh, it's our first scene in, in or act two um, in uh, Frasier. So we've got, uh, you know, Helen, Faye and Frasier sitting around kind of 
chit-chatting and we don't know how long they've been here but i guess they've got a while before their flight mm. so they you know they've got time to relax so it goes um, on throughout the, the episode yeah, so. too like the thought i called the airline it's like why are people calling airlines like, what the, what is <laughs> then i called the airline back and they is also a, moved up the flights like would the airline just move the flights willy-nilly on people like that and then oh i just happened to call them thank god you know and i found out this well i guess that's you know is that something that happens because i know um, like whenever I fly and it gets delayed, they wait till like the last second. Like it's, you know, it's a minute before the plane's due to take off. And then suddenly, oh, it's an hour delayed. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, like how often do they know far in advance? Well, they, I mean, they may know, but they actually would announce like, oh, the, this flight's delayed. Like enough time to give you, you know, far enough in advance that you could decide, oh, I, I'm not going to head to yeah. the the airport just Although, uh, one, one thing i know as well is that it really really bugged me uh is that like um there's a time a couple of years ago i had to get a flight and i remember checking like the app and they said like this plane's delayed by a couple of hours uh, and i was like oh mm-hmm. great so we won't have to check in and all that business is like no you still have to check in and be there like at the at the time you just have to wait in the airport <laughs> yeah. like they kind of forced you basically no no we we have to keep things running smoothly on our end so we're gonna act as if it's not delayed <laughs> And then, like, you know, yeah. you, so you just do everything as you would have done. I was like, why? <laughs> that's, that's horrifically annoying. But that might have just been that one particular airline, though, to be fair. But it was, I remember it bugged the crap out of me. Yeah. It's like, I could have had the extra hours of the day. And like, <laughs> no, you've got to be there. You've got to be in the airport. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The, the, one, the one little trick I figured out is if you could look at, if you could figure out where your plane is coming from, like, if it's not the first flight of the day. If you can kind of work back, you go, okay, so like my flight is going to be at this gate. All right, let me look at, you know, so that's departures. Let me look at arrivals. What flight, um, you know, what flight is is landing at that gate? And then, um, you know, did that flight take off on time? And is, you know, is that flight on yeah. schedule? Because I've, you know, there's there's been times where like my, my flight, they say like, oh, on time, everything's, you know, everything's going. Uh, you know, according to plan. And then I look and I see like the, the, the plane I'm getting on left that, you know, was two hours late leaving the the, the previous airport. And I'm like, there's no yeah, way yeah. where they're going to get Unless here. Unless they got like freaking Jeff Goldblum on there with the telepod. There's no way, there's no chance that's happening. It's even, <laughs> yeah, it's, no it's even more fear that when you're in the airport and they're like, oh yeah, there's a three hour delay. And you're like, so can I go and come back? No, <laughs> you got to stay here and wait no. for that thing to show up. I'm like, you already checked in. Yeah. We already have you in. We did the freaking security check, so you have to have stay. Here. It's like, God damn it. Yeah. Well, and they'll change because they'll say, oh, it's a three-hour delay, and then they'll be like, oh, no, we're taking off. Delay's yeah. over. Yeah. And if you've, if you've wandered off, you could, you know, then they, they won't wait. Well, if you're waiting for Frazier's delicious brisket that he's making. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for that brisket that, that, that takes a while. And I know from, I know from brisket, uh, it, can, it, can, it can take mm. a while. I did, um, I did feel yeah, uh, so then, uh, talking about Jewish cooking though. Like, <laughs> I did feel a, a bit out of my own element coming in for this particular episode because, like, well, I'm, I'm not Jewish. Uh, but I do know um, of Batman's frequent guests, uh, Lauren Ashley Carter. She's very proudly Jewish. Uh, and that's something like, oh, you know, we've been, uh, I was kind of like, oh, maybe we should ask Sean what, her to come on for this because, like, she spends her days now just cooking, like, Jewish breads and stuff. And her Instagram is just filled with, like, this babka I made and look at this and look at that and stuff. And it was like, she used to live, like, one city over from me and she never had any of these cool breads. And now she lives in America again. And I'm like, God damn, like, can I not get any of this stuff? Can I post it to me? 
Like, oh, anyone want to come around for some of this delicious Jewish bread? <laughs> like, no. Living yeah. well, it's, it's funny you should mention that, Niall, because we have a special guest uh... who actually is joining me live in the studio, and she has brought uh, an assortment of baked hey! goods for all of us uh, who are here to share. <laughs> Except me. Um, Lauren, welcome to the uh... show. <laughs> I did get some. At least, I at no, least got some freshly yeah. baked cookies earlier, and then I ate one, and it's. I feel it's cracked a, a filling in my mouth, which is the thing. I'm like, oh god damn it! And you know, Sean, I've been having trouble with my teeth lately, so it's like I can't. I can't. Oh, yes, I, what's happening over here? Yeah, no. I know that the tale of the teeth mm. that you've been through now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm assuming you'll be doing the "It's Always Sunny" Christmas episodes as well. So. <laughs> um. That's actually not on the list, but there's still room. The the eight slots for the eight nights of Hanukkah are not completely fill, yeah. filled yet. So, um, yeah, who knows? There's, there's still a chance. So, listeners, hang on. Um, you never know. Um, so, speaking of tales, yeah, so uh, Frazier tells the tale of his bar mitzvah where, uh, you know, the rabbi was there, the cantor, the moyle, <laughs> just to show there were no hard feelings. <laughs> oh. I don't think of Frazier is such but a I want cultured to get it. man, though. Like, well, I'm surprised he can't lie better about this stuff. Because, like, well, you, surely you must have you've looked into so many different uh, religions around the world. Like, you got all this art from like mm-hmm. different countries and stuff. Surely you must have a kind of you you would know that the moil's not part of the freaking you know like all the bat mitzvah ceremony yeah. and stuff. <laughs> the fact that yeah you, that you know what a moil is, but you thought it would be at your bar mitzvah yeah, is yeah. Um, yeah. Um. He's not as good as Niall, and I want to get to so because Niall jumps on this. Oh yeah, um, I, I love I love uh, his right like, away. <laughs> as soon as Frazier's like, you pretend you're Jewish. He's just okay, and <laughs> just he instantly okay. gets into yeah. what's happening. I I and Niall might know that he's in a sitcom. Hmm. Um, like Frazier doesn't know he's a character in a television program. Niall might yeah. know though the way he accepts this premise so quickly and then buys into it, and he's you know. Uh, you know, Frazier says, well, you know, at some point you've got to find a time. You've got to find time to tell dad. You mean, yeah. Papa. <laughs> I think now, um, again, maybe because Niles has been through, he's been through it so much with Frazier. So I think even in the last yeah. episode with Faye, when Frazier's trying to juggle the two women, I remember there's a moment where uh, Niles shows up and he's just like, well, you know, so what's, what? I thought we we're going to play squash. What's happening here? And he sees like, you know, Faye's in there and Frazier's dressing gown. She go- leaves the room, and then Frazier's other girlfriend comes in, and he instantly goes, oh, I'm up to speed. Okay. And so he instantly knows, like, what's happening. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, Cla- classic Frazier. Classic Frazier on another one of his uh, his things, mm. yeah. Just apparently um, for this episode, David Hyde Pierce got, like, his third Emmy nomination for this episode specifically, which I thought was, like, yeah. I mean, he's, he's good in it, but, like, I don't know, nowadays... His stuff would be particularly the, the following scene where he just leans in hard to the Jewish stereotyping. This is the kind of bit of like, ooh, I don't know if you would put this in a show now because it's like he's the waspest man alive, Niles from Niles Green. <laughs> and yet he's going into like, oh yeah, so you know, all the stuff about the Jewish wine, all you know, everything he's doing, like, oh, answer everything with, with another question, like all that business. It's full blown. It's, it's it's stereotyping, and it's like, well, uh, so thankfully, I do know that this episode was at least yeah. written by uh, by a Jewish guy. So, uh, I, think I, I I desperately went to check because it's like, if this is written by like some agnostic ex Catholic or something, we're in we're in bad yeah. territory here. But thankfully, no. It, um, do you know do you know who wrote this episode, Sean? Because I was I was stunned at the man's credentials. 
No, no. Who wrote this one? So it was, uh, we've got, what, three writers? David Angel, Peter Casey, and David Lee. Uh, but the, the, I think this episode... Um, in the credits. Uh, this episode but, specifically was written by... Because I think those guys might have been, like, I don't know, the, the head writers of the... Whatever that works. But apparently this episode was written by a guy called Jay Kogan, who is... Oh, Jay, Jay okay. Kogan, who is Jewish. Yeah. Uh, and this guy, Jesus Christ, I find it because he was also Emmy Award-winning writer. Um wrote for Frasier quite a bit. Uh, but one of his other things, which makes him, like, he's like the Bill Finger of The Simpsons, this guy. You know, in terms of, like, Bob Kane gets all the credits, and over in The Simpsons, like, oh, yeah, Matt Groening, blah, blah, blah. And you find out, Jay Kogan, he wrote the episodes Homer's Odyssey, Like Father, Like Clown, so it's crusty, you know, and his Jewish, his extremely, you know, Jewish rabbi dad. Um, crusty Gets Busted, uh, for the first episode to feature Sideshow Bob speaking with Kelsey Grammer's voice, of course. Uh, Bart the Daredevil and Last Exit to Springfield, which is like the the power plant goes in strike episode. Oh, and, and from writing him yeah. writing those episodes, he created the characters of Mister Burns, Smithers, Doctor Hibbert, Krusty the Clown, Lionel Hutz, and like he's just yeah. So, so he's just like yeah, this, this guy and they're like yeah. Most of your favorite Simpson characters came from this guy Jane Cogan. And what thanks does he get? He never gets anybody thanks for it whatsoever. So, um. Yeah, so he's a real hero, this guy. Um, like, oh, wow. to tell yeah. being of the Jewish faith is important to him because, you know, Krusty, I think in Krusty Gets Busted, beyond Kelsey Grammer showing up for the first time, it's also the first mentions of Krusty being Jewish. And then, of course, there's, you know, the entire episode with uh, with his dad and stuff is like, it's all about Krusty's Jewish heritage and, uh, you know, and similar to this episode, too, like problems between... Yeah. People pursuing things that aren't, you know, their their traditional Jewish parents don't like, and the the problems that would come from that and stuff, you know. So he's uh, he's still working the day, but apparently he was uh, on the iCarly revival, uh, but then left because him and Miranda Cosgrove had a falling out over artistic differences, which is like. So, but now I'm kind of like, was I Carly that good that like they got this guy on? Like I just always dismissed it. This guy, yeah, maybe it was a, a, actually a, wow. an amazing show, and I just never gave it the time of day. Yeah, he also uh, did uh, was working on the Punky Brewster yeah. revival as well. Wow. They have a falling out but, with uh, uh, Punky Brewster yeah. as well. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know the the story there, but I guess that makes sense. And I imagine, yeah, that that makes a lot more sense for a lot of these lines that that Niall has. And of course, David Hyde Pierce has to deliver them. But mm. the uh, thing is, the unfortunate thing yeah. is that I think yeah, David Hyde Pierce is still very much not Jewish. So it's kind of like I can enjoy the scene, well, yeah. but it's also very like mm, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's funny, but it's, I feel bad for laughing with it because it's like oh. I, mean, I guess it's okay because a Jewish guy wrote it and stuff, and all the you know Amy Amy Brennan herself is Jewish, as is uh, Carol Shelley playing the mother. So it's like, eh, I guess they're all they're all they're all okay with it. So I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, and I I was okay with that as a Jewish person. Uh, you know, I I was um, I took a little bit of exception about the uh, the line about the wine, yeah. but even the way Niall Niall does it, like, oi, what if she's expecting Jewish wine? <laughs> And it's like, well, yeah, I guess apparently Jewish wine is regular wine plus two scoops yeah, of sugar, yeah. <laughs> two like heaping spoons. Um, but although that's, um, you know, I, I think for many, if not most people, when you say, you know, a kosher wine or a Jewish wine, they think Manischewitz, which is typically um, very sweet. I mean, it's it's even, for you know, it's sweeter than grape yeah. juice as wine. But there are other Israeli wines and, and kosher wines that are not as sweet. Um, 
So that is that is a bit of a stereotype that is not entirely yeah. true, but and also um, this the Naki does too. Like, you're going, oh, that tastes dreadful. He's like, perfect. You know, <laughs> like it's just, it's just saying, like, yeah, all Jewish wine is terrible. <laughs> like, eh. yeah. So yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I, I can take a bit of an exception to that, but but other than that, I think it's well. And there's there's one other thing that'll come up yeah. later okay. that um okay. uh, was not insulted by, but just is not you know not accurate mm-hmm. to the the you know Jewish experience. Yeah, because yeah. most most um, of Frazier has dated so well. There, there, there is the odd time you come up with like because even like all the episodes where they dealt with like you know people thinking Frasier was gay and stuff like that and there's always mess up that's all dealt with very very deftly and very delicately we can still show it today be like yes yeah, it's, it's all you yeah. know it's it's not it's not punching down but sometimes this I guess it's not punching down because yeah. written by a Jewish writer but it also feels a bit like it's othering in a weird way because Niles is so instantly on to like well this is exactly how Jewish people act right and it's a bit like eh, yeah oh well, yeah well. Well, yeah, but I mean, he knows, like he knows the terminology. He can kind of sound Jewish, but then it's it's at a very superficial sort of level. Like when you know he's asked to make a toast, and uh, you know he throws out l'chaim, mazel tov, next year in Jerusalem, which are all three things that a Jewish person would actually say. But I don't know if, if they'd say them, you know, all in a row like yeah. that. But this is reminding me of recently. I was watching. Um, that was funny. When I watched House of Gucci. With my uh, my friend Fabio, he was he just he happened to show up, and Fabio was himself is Italian. So you're watching, and you're going like Jared Leto's like, oh my god, he's going so big and Bromley's like, hey, it's a me, like really crazy Italian accent and stuff. And all the critics are going like, yeah, he's so over the top. It's such a a, a caricature of Italians. And my friend who showed up, who is Italian, was just like, that's my uncle. He acts exactly like that. He looks like that. That's that's the way Italian yeah. older Italian men act. Like so, he's doing everything he's doing is fine. <laughs> it's like I don't know people writing about it, going like, "This is horrible. You can't do that," or just a bit like putting up their protectors a bit. Like it feels like this is very stereotyped. But then when an actual Italian person comes on and goes like, "No, no, that's that's, that's all perfectly true." <laughs> that's yeah. does that give it the a okay then? Like, what's the deal? That's the way it is. Well, and when when Niall does his thing with. Um, you know, how do you sound Jewish? You just answer every question with a question. Mm-hmm. That's yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that exchange when he goes into that is, you know, is very Jewish, yeah. you know, and it's like what, what do I have to explain yeah, everything? Yeah. What I should give you an example. You're saying I'm not being helpful. That's yeah. yeah perfect. You've, you've hit it. <laughs> yeah. And that, that really stuck um, in my head too. What's a kind of Jewish cadence. And <laughs> I don't know to my, to, to my detriment or not, but, my mind will always go to like always answer every everything with another question. So. Yeah, and you just have to. I I don't know enough about linguistics to get into all the the technical details, but you have to raise your voice at the yeah. end. So it's like, what I should give you an example, mm. you know, just answer a question with a question, and just yeah. kind of you put that 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 um audio question mark at the end of every statement that turns it into a question, and yeah, you just you just do that. Um, well, cause my, sort of the you know a Semitic version of the Socratic method. Yeah, that's kind of a little bit. But of sorry, you were, you were saying? No, I was just gonna say it was like a little bit of like a acting genius from John Mahoney because he he does that, but he does yeah. it very badly. <laughs> like I'm sure it's deliberately yeah. like, oh, I don't know why. <laughs> like it's so, so like that's kind yeah. of what you're supposed to do, but and he is doing the cadence, but it's like it's way off as well. It just doesn't land properly. Uh, no, oh, such yeah, a such a yeah. massive loss, John Mahoney. Was like, I, rem- I remember him the day he died, but like it felt yeah. as if like oh. a, a proper weight landed on my chest that day. I was like, oh, not not, not Marty, no. 
Not Marty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, so I, I, let's jump ahead a little bit in the action and get to that point where I said there was one thing that they do that, that doesn't ring true to me. Um, and it's, um, so Daphne has come in. She said, uh, someone has dropped out of the Christmas pageant. So she needs Niall's help. He leaves and then later comes back dressed as Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently he's filling in the, the, the man who, uh, who got sick or ill, um, was doing a, a song from Jesus Christ Superstar, and that's the part that that Niles has to fill in. Slip in um, the shower. Funny for a man who can walk on water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like you know, Fraser freaks out, and like you know, with the, you know, Helen can't see you. But that, like, with all the Jews in show business, like that's a very uh, you know a very Jewish thing would be. Well, one, Jesus was yeah. Jewish. But to be playing Jesus in a Christmas pageant, like I have, um, you know, I have an aunt who is, uh, you know, very Jewish, but also very musical. And she's in a, um, you know, a lady singing, not really a choir, it's a smaller group, but she's got a, a quartet or a quintet of people that she sings with or, or women that she sings with. And, you know, they'll do Christmas concerts. They do Christmas carols. Um, you know, every Jewish, big Jewish singer you can think of from Neil Diamond to Barbara Streisand has a Christmas album. Um you know, White Christmas, written by Irving Berlin, born Israel Berlin, uh, you know, Balin, uh, you know, Jewish, uh, you know, Russian Jew. So, yeah, Jews are very entwined, you know, very, um, you know, involved in the entertainment business. And along with that, you know, it's not like they've said, um, you know, well, you know, we're, we're, we're taking Christmas yeah, off. Yeah. So, yeah, Christmas albums, Christmas songs, Christmas movies. Um, you know, there's nothing more Jewish than than a Christmas pageant. So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't insulted. I don't feel like they're, um, uh, you know, like the equivalent of blackface yeah. or anything. But, uh, you know, it just didn't ring true to me that, like, if they really knew Jews, they would know, no, you don't have to hide yeah. that you're dressed as Jesus. Mm-hmm. Just that would fit in perfectly with everything else you're, you're trying to do. If, if I were to play devil's advocate to that, you could say it's because, like, Frazier and Niles don't know that because they're not Jewish. So he could assume, they're not oh, this is going to be a problem. Whereas if he was actually Jewish, he would know, like, oh, that's, you know, that's not an issue whatsoever. But it's, it's, it's his panic of, like, oh, yeah, this must be a disaster. Um, you know, I, I think I could, I, could, I could still make it work for me personally, <laughs> at least, keeping that in yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, 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 I guess it does fit in with, yeah, the, the characters. They wouldn't know this. And then, of course, you've got to... Um, they need something to kind of ratchet up the tension. So it's like the, the initial lie is kind of going over very well and doesn't seem to be an mm. issue. So it's like, okay, we've got to somehow push it to where, um, you know, they have to continue to that, that tap dance to keep yeah, the ruse yeah. going. Um, which, you know, and of course, oh, no, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, because it, 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 everything again, though, I love, I love how the show was written in terms of just like, all the minor trying to, well, there's all, always business of like, oh, go off and give people a tour of the bedroom, and then the Christmas tree shows up, and then it has to be put in the bathroom, and then blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 it goes back and forth and back and forth and stuff. And, uh, all the- yeah, I was just going to mention yeah, that the, the Christmas tree showing up is that other, you know, that other little piece, that other, you know, fly in the ointment to, to step up the tension. And then, of course, it pays off with, with Helen. You know, they're on their way out the door. They're, they're about to, you know, they're, they're, they can see the finish line. They're, they've, bat, they've about to successfully carry it off 
this, you know, deception. And then just before she leaves, oh, let me go to use the powder room and opens the door. And there's Jesus standing in front of a Christmas tree. <laughs> I have to say, too, as a Frasier fan, he needs to get rid of that powder room because that has that has been his downfall yeah. in so many episodes <laughs> where he's nearly gotten away with something. But, they, oh, I just need to use the powder room. <laughs> it's just, always something happens there. Uh, but yeah, yeah that, that's just, they, yeah, or just move it so it's, uh, just move it so it's not right by the front yeah, door. Yeah, I think like the um, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I remember I remember distinctly that joke really landing with me because I think I only had a I think maybe because I you know growing up in in Ireland, you know all we had was Catholics, Protestants, and you know occasionally you get some, but not my hometown. There was like everybody was white. You know, it was just, you know there was very very little cultural diversity between. But except you know those two religions, uh, and so my understanding of what Judaism was was basically gleaned from South Park, and like the, you know knowing <laughs> knowing that Kyle oh. was Jewish, and then that was a thing, and I was like, oh, so what's mm. the big deal? And then you know World War Two history class, I'm like, okay, so, uh, but so I just knew enough to know, oh, the Jewish don't they don't believe that Jesus was you know this this that and the other, and so thankfully at the age of twelve. That joke still really landed in terms of like this is. I mean, I think even even do it without it being like, even without the context, it's just basically all you need to know is like this. He should not be seen in this outfit, and this Christmas tree should not be here. And then just that moment of opening the door and him standing there with his nasal spray, <laughs> like, well, yeah, he couldn't even be standing looking dignified. He has to be like inhaling a nasal spray at the exact moment. That's all. Um, it's all so good. Yeah. Again, that's such a classic Frasier climax as well. Just everything just it builds up masterfully to the one big joke payoff. And it's just like, yep, that's that's the, the high point of the episode. <laughs> now we're all in the, the denouement, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, and once again, about the great writing. So it kind of everything has, everything kind of figures in some way. Um, from the menorah to making, you know, is the reason Helen thinks... Um, uh, you know, thinks Fraser's Jewish, and then you got the sweater, and then you've got the, um, the you know the the conversation that Daphne and Niles have at the cafe about the pageant, like that. You know, that suddenly comes back in with the the Jesus, yeah. and yeah, it's just everything builds up into this, um, you know, that this one moment, this big payoff. I find the too, they repeat they're they're repeating like some of the same jokes too, because you had the, obviously the get out of that coat already, but then like when Niles comes in dressed as Jesus, like, Jesus, look at the time, <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh so good it's so good yeah. John. <laughs> yeah so good so good so good um so let's uh let's take our second break and my next question for you niall is um do you think and we, we've touched on this a little bit but let's you know we can address it directly um you know does this episode capture the spirit of hanukkah whatever whatever that means to uh. you in terms of the, the spirit of Hanukkah. Unfortunately, I have to confess, I, I wouldn't know <laughs> the spirit of Hanukkah because I've never, I, I know one, I know two Jewish people and one of them is because of the lady I mentioned and uh, I only know her through, about her Judaism through online presence. Uh, never been, you know, um, I, don't, I suppose I like, get yeah, Audra and stuff, they're Jewish as well, but um, I've never know. The only person I know who's Jewish in, uh, who I know in real life is not practicing. So, I I I couldn't tell you. Like I, it's a it's a thing I'm actually very interested in because like I just I know it's such a massive thing from seeing American TV programming talking about you know Hanukkah and stuff like that. Um, unfortunately, I've never I've never encountered it myself. So 
Um, I, ca I can't really speak to that, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to have you over sometime. I'll, uh, you know, I'll make a brisket. I'll make a crew. Oh, a kugel, totally, totally. And, yeah. uh, we, can, we can get into I know it, a lady but, uh, who can make um, amazing yeah. bread, apparently, as well. I'll see if I, what I can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't... Um, you know, so I'll say so. So the the spirit of Hanukkah. I mean, Hanukkah can mean lots of different things to, to different people. Um, I mean, the main story is, um, you know, about the uh, battle with um, with a, a Greek king and uh, just, well, not the destruction of the temple, but the the ransacking of the temple in Jerusalem. And they only had enough oil to keep the uh, the eternal light that is supposed to be burning all the time. They only had enough oil for it to burn for one day, but miraculously. Um, it kept burning for eight days till uh, till they could have new oil consecrated for the temple. Um, so um, so you know so Hanukkah is associated with a couple of different things. It's um, you know it's lights with with candles and with fires. You know it's it's the festival of lights, and then it's also associated with miracles. That that miracle of the the oil lasting or burning for eight days, and yeah, I think this fails. Like there isn't. Um, I mean, even the, the the Christmas tree. I mean, at the very end, we get we get some lights after we we see, um, you know, Martin has been allowed to take over the, on the decorating front. But th this tree that that Fraser has ordered is um, there's there's no yeah. lights, so um, you know, not Hanukkah in that fashion. There's no miracle. I mean, there is a happy ending on him, and I guess it's a it's a miracle that anyone puts up with Fraser, <laughs> um, <laughs> with his lies and his schemes and his shenanigans. I mean, maybe that's the miracle. But yeah, I don't think there's even with the, the that you know the turn and the happy ending. I don't feel there's any miracle. There's certainly no lights. There's very little Jewishness, um, yeah. other than Nile. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, you know out of one out of a five, I kind of give this yeah. a one. In terms of uh, you know Hanukkah episodes, mm -hmm. which kind of um, you know even with my aforementioned um, you know prevalence of Jewish people within Hollywood and the entertainment industry, um, there still aren't a lot of good Hanukkah yeah. episodes, and it's a holiday that I guess doesn't really lend itself to you know a, a special episode as much as Christmas yeah. does. I mean, like you, uh, you, you, know, you, you explained the, the story of Hanukkah there. Like the only time I've ever heard that presented. On television, that story is Ross Geller as the the holiday <laughs> armadillo and just the classroom. Armadillo <laughs> called the Maccabees. You know. Maccabees. <laughs> that's the, that's the only time I've ever heard that story. In terms, like we we wouldn't because it's the culture is just so not big over here, uh, particularly what wasn't in Ireland. So like yeah. we were doing like religious history and stuff, we'll never bring up stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. It's up to me now, though. I'm a, I'm an adult with access to the internet, so I should be able to go and look these things up myself, I guess. Mm. Yeah, well, I, that's something I can do. I can do some research. I know that there is, um, in in England, there's a you know a history of a Jewish presence and, and a Jewish culture within the English yeah. culture, but in Ireland, which is a different country mm -hmm. um, and a different island. Um, you know what's what's the history of Jews in it's Ireland? Not the, I know that um, the, the, the big unfortunate thing is because of uh, yeah, the, the talk of Jewish people in England at the minute is always mired with anti-Semitism as well. Unfortunately, the, what, massive controversies within the Labour Party, accusations of anti-Semitism running rife. It's crazy because the Labour is supposed to be the good party, and then you find out like, oh my god, of course they're yeah. all. And bigoted assholes. Oh. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's the, the, the political scenario, scenario over here is so exhausting. But, uh, but yeah, Ireland's just got its own sort of like, yeah, just, you know, I don't think they would they, they would have anything against Jewish people, but I just don't think that they're just, it's just very like a, eh, 
whatever. <laughs> Do whatever you want, you know. Like, yeah. Like that kind of I I think they've they've got enough trouble with the Protestants. Yeah. They do you know they don't know if they've got time to be worried about Jews. Like, once we once we finally got rid of all the Protestants, the then we can start on, <laughs> on that. Then we can start hating the Jews. But first things first. Um, yeah, Ireland's got other issues um, going on there. Certainly. So the, this whole like the, um, this whole so, section in the uh, the kind of climax of the episode though, where you get this business between yeah Bay and her mother. Because uh, this all feels very like I'm assuming this is Jay Kogan writing from a true place of like he saw his mother and his sister do this. If it's a thing, I don't know if Jewish fathers would do it with Jewish sons, if it, or if it's a particular female kind of way of acting, or to have this, you know, instant vicious argument that just really, really erupts, and then for it to instantly just boil right back down again and just to sort of move on with the day as if nothing's happened. Um, the only other instance of it I can think being in a thing uh, is I was always very impressive in I always thought it was very impressive in Kirby Enthusiasm, where like Larry David will have roaring arguments with his friends, like literally be ripping their throat out, and then two seconds later he's just like, "So are we going golfing tomorrow?" Like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll see you then." You know, like they're just they're just gonna get back to it. It's like, is that a Jewish thing that the pe- Jewish people are just able to sort of really get in heavy into an argument? And then just be like, no, it's okay. Because it's nothing, nothing taken personally. It's just like, we just we did that thing and now we're over it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a, it's a Jewish thing, but it's, yeah, it, it's happened. You know, it's kind of a thing in my family and my family is Jewish. So yeah, maybe it is. Um, is that yeah, why it Brian's is kind of strange, like, and it struck me like, because you and Tim had a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up at the end yes, of the episode. And, like, no, and no, the, the second we're finished recording, we'll, we'll make up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, ah, you, you, you found me out. Um, yeah. I mean, this kind of struck me like weird at first, but then I'm like that, um, it's, it kind of gives that, you know, these characters have a life outside of what we've seen. I mean, this is a, a full grown woman and her mother, so they have a longstanding relationship. So it makes sense that they have, um, that they could have some issue that, you know, we don't see we don't see the buildup. We don't see the decades of resentment slowly building. And, you know, we just see the culmination um, where it all comes up to a head. But yeah, that's that totally fit with my family and the way they argue. Like I totally buy that, that it could be, um, you know, at, at each other yelling at one moment and then they're crying and hugging the following moment. And then it's next it's, you know, Oh, let's go get yeah, something to eat. Yeah. I think, I think it's kind of presented in a, <laughs> in a positive light too. Cause it's like, Obviously, Frazier Martin and they have their attempt at it, and there's, it's disastrous. I feel they can yeah. see the benefit of it. They're like, oh, yeah, so they just got it all out in the open. It happened for like a minute, and then and they're just back to being good again. Like, it's like, so maybe that's the best way to go about things. Right. And keeping everything like squabbling and pent up and all this business, you know, just let it all, let it all come out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I have, I have my notes I've written. I have sob, cry, hug. Well, we yeah. should go. <laughs> Which is, yeah, the, the kind of very abrupt yeah. wrap up. And even um, do with the, the yeah. mother, they, they kind of diffuse the situation slightly mid argument <laughs> because Fraser Martin, like, maybe we should go. And they're like, oh, no, sit, sit down. We're almost done. Like, sit. We're yeah. nearly done. Yeah, sit. <laughs> I mentioned, too, of course, that actress is uh, Carol Shelley, who I was, I was surprised to learn is an English actress. She's from London. So, um, and she, uh, you know, Russian yeah. Jewish heritage herself. Uh, the big thing about her was uh, she was Lady Clock in Disney's Robin Hood. Yeah, Lady Clock. Uh, and she was also in the original Broadway run of The Elephant Man back in 79. Uh, and she seems to 
really have stuck around with uh, the Odd Couple because she's in. She was on the original Broadway production of the Odd Couple with Art Carney and Walter Matthau. Is in the movie with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, and then went on to be in the TV show. Uh, so I've never seen the Odd Couple TV show. I'm sure it's a classic in America, but like I don't know. So I don't know who who played the Odd yes. Couple <laughs> in the TV show, but I know the movie. So. Um. Yeah, and I don't. Do you know? Does she play the same character on Broadway? Because she plays the same character in the show that she had played in, I, I in assume the film. So. Yeah, I mean, a bit weird. If she, oh no, she yeah. was playing Felix Unger in the. She was one of the odd couple <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> oh, she was one of the couple. Um, but yeah, so she yeah, so the the television show with 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 Tony Randall and Jack Klugman, and that's sort of a, and that Felix Unger. That's a. Um, I guess that's like a Niles Crane before Niles yeah. Crane. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so she, I was, I, I didn't necessarily recognize her right away, but she'd done quite a bit. Um, you mentioned Robin Hood and the Aristocats um, and a bunch of other voice stuff for, for Disney. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's had quite yeah. a career. She lived up to 2018 too. So yeah, it, you know, she, she, she lived a life. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, apparently, apparently it was a big yeah. deal on stage too. As he was like a real Broadway darling. So um, I'm, I'm sure there probably were people watching this who were like, "Oh, of course I know who that is." You know, some of the uh, some of the theater nuts might have recognized her. But um, and meanwhile, yeah. I'm still there going, like, "It's Judge yeah. and Amy. There she is." <laughs> <laughs> it's Judge and Amy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So so judging Amy and uh, Lady Cluck, <laughs> they uh, they. They they hug they make out they or not make out they make up. Seems <laughs> like a real severe that's turn. That's a different thing. The uh, <laughs> I don't think that's um, true. They, they make up they hug. Yeah, they got with your mother. And uh, I mean, I guess you know, and and I mean, Fraser could kind of play it off if he was a really good psychiatrist. He could kind of say like, "Well, this was my plan all along," and you could you could see how it worked. <laughs> um, but then uh, yeah, so then Martin and Fraser kind of attempt to replicate. Um, <laughs> the the miracle reconciliation <laughs> that they just witnessed and uh, they they aren't quite ready to, yeah, to pull it yeah. off. Uh, um, the climax is because the two of them end up just like crying their eyes out and they're like, "What happened? <laughs> they, they were hugging by now." <laughs> like maybe we should go to Mrs. Shapiro to, to talk us through it. Oh, she's out of town. Oh, no. yes. <laughs> There's Martin's. Oh no! <laughs> they really the yeah. Oh. yeah. So there's a, a sweet ending. And then we get a, a little bit of coda, I guess, you know, and, and the originally you don't get this with with streaming or downloads In the original airing. There would have been a commercial. Then they come back from commercial and we see, um, you know, we've got the, the toss salad and, yeah. and scrambled egg thing going. But we see uh, Rudolph uh, Martin's Rudolph is is, um, uh, you know, hung up with that reef over the fireplace and his nose is flashing. And then we see uh, what I think of as a more traditional Christmas mm-hmm. tree. Um, with tinsel and the, the various colored lights, not the um, not kind of the sterile store bought thing that that Frazier had yeah. hired, yeah. Uh, and and Eddie with his little Santa. I'd say costume. too, as a big Frazier fan, the end credits bits always the worst part of the show. As <laughs> well, like I, mean, I, I, I had no idea that that was over here. They would just go straight into the end credits. I had no idea that in America you would have to sit through a commercial and then come back. I, if I was over there, I would have been out. Like I said, oh, don't stick around for the credits. Like as yeah. soon as it goes to that commercial, yeah, you you can haul ass because you know the end credits. Yeah. The end credits joke are always. I feel maybe even the writers are like, ah, nobody cares about you know. Just they need something. Just throw something together. Yeah. You know? So 
they've, they've tuned out at this point. We know, we, we know this is coming after like a two or three yeah. minute break. That's just like, um, well, we, you know, it, it bothers- we brought everything, this beautiful crescendo. And now you're telling me we have to add in something else. Like we, we don't want to do that. We just want to, the show's done. Like we ended it. And like, ah, throwing Christmas trees up now, I guess, or whatever, you know, this has that sort of, a lot of them always have that very dismissive kind of vibe to them as well. Because they're always silent too. It's always very. But actually, you might actually enjoy them a lot more, Sean, because they're very heavily lean on mine. Because it has to be. It's, it's all. Yeah, it's all yeah. Silent, so. There's no. There's no dialogue. It's yeah. all action. You, you always will note that you'll see the actors talk. doing very broad uh, sort of gesticulations and stuff because they have to convey what's going on without being able to speak and stuff. So, yeah. so yeah. Abby, thing you could come back, do so, your year-long <laughs> rewatch of nothing but Frasier. And come back like you know, I hated all of it except the mime sequences at the end. Those were genius, and I loved uh, every one of them. I'll just maybe that that'll be my next podcast. I just cover the last thirty <laughs> seconds of every episode of Frasier without any context. It would just be like uh, I don't know what happened in the episode, but for some reason no. now Eddie is drinking out of the toilet bowl, and Frasier chases him out, and and Martin appears with a bird cage, and we're like, that's funny, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's comedy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, speaking of just that that uh, that way of ending up shows, I, I get annoyed because um, Simpsons does that sometimes. Like most of the times, um, the way they're aired here in the states, like they cut away. You know, the, the episode wraps up, they cut away to commercial, they come back, and it's just credits, oh, um, and that's and it's and that's it. That? And then, but sometimes they do a gag. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. Like, who's like who comes back for the credits? Like. It feels like they're doing the people who worked on the show a disservice by doing that. Because, like, at least when you're here, you just sit yeah. and the credits just come and you're like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the names. But over there, I would be like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. now it's done. I'm, I'm turning, I'm changing channel. You know? That's it. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, sometimes they'll do a bit. Sometimes they have, they'll even have like additional uh, dialogue, like another little scene for, for 10 or 15 seconds. But then, and then sometimes they'll do, and it's, I mean, maybe a third of the episodes. So, I mean, certainly less than half, but but uh, occasionally they have like a, you know, a series of stills, like highlights of some other action that we didn't mm. see, um, like a deleted scene from the episode. And we'll just kind of show that under the credits, but they don't do it all the time. So, um, yeah, I'll usually cut out and not not hang around for um, for the credits. Um, but, yeah, so then we wrap up with. um we have Eddie jumping up on a table and he's eating the cookies that uh, that were left for Santa, and that's how we end our. Again, episode. you see what I mean? It's just like, yeah, it's, that's kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's cute. The dog getting poison. I hope there's no chocolate mm, in this. Well, I, I, I imagine Marty Crane would be sensible enough to be like, no, it's a, <laughs> at least there's a chance this yeah. dog's gonna eat those cookies. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope so. Um, so that's yeah. So that's. Uh, there you go. That's uh, ha- Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz from uh, season six of Frasier. So um, my next question for you, Niall, is as we as we've discussed with our, our previous uh, holiday specials where we've been talking about mostly Christmas movies, um, you know, a lot of those films become part of yearly traditions, things people watch every year. Um, you know, maybe they watch it while they're decorating their tree or something. You know, it, it's you know part of the celebration is. Uh, you know, the movie or the special or whatever. Um, is this, you know, is this a, an episode that you'll watch every year around Hanukkah? Or, you know, is this, you know, do you think it would be appropriate for this episode to be part of a yearly holiday tradition? Um, not particularly, no. no. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think no, it's. Uh, I think it is aired. Like, as I said, because Channel Four over in the UK, they do show Frasier all the time, like literally every morning. Uh, and I, th- I'm pretty certain in the lead up to Christmas each year, they kind of break from where the seasons are, because you know obviously they'll air it in sequential order, but they'll break and go let's air all the Christmas specials. So you probably will see it, like by default, if you're just watching Frasier that week as part of like their holiday viewing. Um, well, that's unfortunately specifically for Christmas, though. Uh, but then you get yeah. like you know, there, there's other Fraser Christmas specials that are this. They're very much about Christmas and stuff. Like they'll they'll make a big point, much more than this episode does. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't think they ever. There's there's mentions of you know episodes where Frederick shows up. There's always like oh you know the Jewish side and but it's always like. That's Lil's half, and she's not here, so we don't have to deal with it, you know. Um, so no, not particularly. Right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say the. You know, there's. I'm sure there's. I'm sure you've covered much better episodes of other TV shows than with the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have, and I, I, I tend to agree, and and I think we you said earlier, like this, you know, not not just a not really a good Hanukkah episode. This is not really a good Christmas episode either. No, no, um, no. you know, I, yeah. So I don't see. I don't see this kind of as something that would people would watch, you know, say, oh, it's, you know, it's that time of year, bring out the, uh, bust out the Frasier. Yeah. Again, though, there, there are Frasier yeah. Christmas episodes that are that. great, but like, uh, the bust out the Merry Christmas Puss in Moscow, it's like, no. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, uh, you <laughs> slip that one back into the deck. No. Yeah. I mean, I think as an episode, if you're doing, you know, if you're doing a Frasier rewatch, I wouldn't say skip this one. It's certainly an entertaining episode, but yeah, specifically for the, the holiday content, uh, I don't think that's yeah. really there. Oh, totally, totally. Uh, but still, I think it's still a great episode, though. So, uh, and I was, I, I always enjoy coming on your show, Sean, because basically it started morphing into like an excuse for me to talk about a thing that I really want to talk about, <laughs> but I don't get to talk about on my own shows. <laughs> so, uh, so was it like an episode of The Simpsons, yeah, we... Midnight Run, and now Frasier's? It's like if you start covering like Hannibal or something next year, or Twin Peaks, it's like, geez, Sean, it's just like you just it's, I feel like you're only doing this for me now at some point. <laughs> I, I I just listen to Bat Minute to get ideas for a podcast. <laughs> that's that's my main Actually, uh, the, the, main motivation. The one episode point. of Twin Peaks that mentions Christmas. We're doing it scene by scene. Yeah, is there? I'm sure there's a Christmas episode. I don't think Peaks. so because I think maybe there's a Hanukkah um, episode. I, I don't think so because I think <laughs> Twin Peaks all happens in sequential, like very. It's all basically the weeks after Laura Palmer's death. I think she dies in mm-hmm. February. So, I don't think I don't think there's okay. any. I, don't, I think so. it's always one of those weird things you assume, like, oh yeah, it just goes on and on. But then you find out, like, the events of all of Twin Peaks take place over the course of like a month or something. You're like, what? It's like oh, that's busy ass months. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's some busy months. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So wrapping up. So so again, Niall, thank you so much for for joining us and, and sharing your oh, insight. Time, John, you know, you um, know, I always enjoy coming on. I'm uh, Fraser. Yeah, we, we we always enjoy having you. So, um, if our listeners want to hear more from you, as if they didn't know, but uh, just you know, tell them uh, one more well, time. I mean, uh, this time, uh, in case people don't know, because uh, mostly people who've heard my previous appearances will know Batman. So my my baby, with uh, four whole seasons of Batman, which I'm very very proud of. And in next year, we'll come back season five, where we'll be covering Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, Batman is, of course, a show where we analyze the Batman films minute by minute, and Sean has been on each and every season, and hopefully we'll be back for season five as well. 
Oh, I'd love uh, to. But yeah. at the minute, though, we are uh, me and my co-host on Batman, uh, John, are uh, airing Miami Minutes, which is our side hustle, uh, where we're taking a very <laughs> easygoing, <laughs> little to no <laughs> research uh, view uh, and analysis of uh, the 1987 forgotten and then remembered and then now celebrated action craptacular classic that is Miami Connection. Uh, which is a, a to try to explain Miami Connection would be very long winded. It's just look it up. It's got it's a fascinating history. <laughs> yeah, and it's a it's a it's a terrible movie, but it's a great movie. It's such such a good movie. And me and yeah, so me and John are now uh, that that is currently airing. We're uh, by the time this episode comes out, we're probably about like fifteen twenty minutes in because what you know. Whereas Batman is three times a week, Miami Minutes is once a week, very loosely edited. Uh, very relaxed show. Really, it's just me and John riffing <laughs> for the entire time. Uh, and um, yeah, because of because of that, there's loads of time. I think there's only like seven episodes that have aired currently. So if you want to catch up, you got loads of time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not too late. Definitely get into that. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen Miami Connection, definitely uh, check it out. It's something I I you introduced me. I, I you know heard it through you guys talking about it, and I watched it and was. Um, you know, I don't. Um, re- religious experience may not be strong enough <laughs> to describe the experience of. Uh, it is, it's it's up there. With, it really with, it, like the room in yeah. terms of like, well, this thing. Everyone talks about the room. People aren't talking about Miami Connection enough, quite frankly. Like it's. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know kind of you know it, it, it shook me to my <laughs> core. Um, to, to 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 paraphrase the, the the food critic at the end of Ratatouille, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely definitely check out the Miami Connection and then check out the Miami yeah, Minutes. Yeah. Um, to uh, yeah, listen to John and I'll dig into it as they do, and yeah, definitely looking forward to the next season. I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's going to be a season five of, of the Bat Minute. You could have you could have wrapped it up after four, no, but no, that's, you're, you're going to no, keep still, on going. I so, always, always really enjoy, but I'll enjoy the research of it and enjoy all the all the, the hoopla uh, around it. So yeah, Mask yeah. of the Phantasm. Plus, it seems so weird to go out and Batman and Robin, particularly because the end credits end on an R. Kelly song. It's like we can't end the show like this. <laughs> You can't end the yeah, show. So we have to yeah, go back for at way. least one um, more season, uh, and why not go out with like? Well, I think we'll continue beyond Mask of the Phantasm in some form, but like, uh, you know, if we're going to maybe end the minute by minute format coverage, why not go out with like potentially the best Batman movie? So, uh, you know, interesting. Hear okay. about, about that when it starts airing uh, in the upcoming months. Yeah. So we we eagerly. Uh, we are all eagerly awaiting that. Um, yeah. So, and you can find us, of course, we're Next Scene Podcast. We're at nextscenepod.com. Um, give us feedback. Let me know what's your, you know, what's your Frasier history? What's your history with Mrs. Motkowitz? Um, You can join the, conver- join the conversation on our Facebook group. It's the Jelly of the Month Club. And uh, come on back. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Niall. Um, uh, for tomorrow night, for night three of Hanukkah, we will be covering uh, Friends. Oh, nice the one with the holiday armadillo. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just stick around for 24 hours and uh, that'll be our next episode. And so we will see you then on the next scene. My favorite part is when Superman flew all the Jews out of Egypt. <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Happy holidays, everybody.